The Way BK podcast is dedicated to pursuing and promoting a true understanding of Jesus Christ and the transformation He provides for all who submit to Him to live in a way that is pleasing to God as revealed in the Bible. Let's join our hosts as they discuss The Way. What's up, everybody? Thanks again for tuning into The Way BK podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Caleb. Uh, we're going to be talking again from the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 20 today. So if you want to pause this, you can grab a Bible and turn there or uh, click on the link to get there, whatever it is that you're reading the Bible today, so that you can check out the things that we're saying, test whether they're true, consider them for yourself. Um, as always, we, we're trying to do this to help people understand the way of Jesus better so that people can know Him and come to love Him and trust Him like we do and we hope we can help you that. Reach out to us on our website, thewaybk.com, or on our Facebook page, uh, The Way BK. We have uh, a YouTube channel where you can check out other uh, video resources with short teachings there. Uh, we want to help you out, especially really anybody, but especially if you're in Brooklyn. Uh, not only would we like to connect with you online, we'd even more so like to sit down with you. We meet with people. Of course, it's all free of charge. Whatever we can do to help you to know about Jesus better, that's what we're here for. That's what we want to do. So let us know. Reach out. And uh, we'd love to make a connection and help you connect with the Lord. We're in Luke chapter 20 today. We're in the city of Jerusalem with Jesus. Jesus has arrived at the place where he's just days away from dying on the cross. But before that, there's some different interactions and conversations that he has with a variety of people. And in Luke chapter 20... It's with people who didn't appreciate him very much and honestly didn't want him very much and would eventually be the ones who would have him crucified. Uh, But in these conversations and, frankly, debates that Jesus has with these people, there's some really cool lessons that we get to learn. Yeah, so so one of the things that uh, at the beginning of this interaction, there's a question that the elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law all come to Jesus with. And they come to Jesus saying, tell us by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus has just uh, come into the temple and driven out uh, people who were selling various things. And he said, my house will be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. Um, so they, they're coming to Jesus frustrated and angry and upset and basically wanted to know why Jesus, why on earth are you doing all this? And who do you, who do you think gave you the authority to do all these things? Um, what's interesting about this story is that Jesus doesn't actually answer their question. He responds with another question to them and he says, I'll ask you a question. Tell me John's baptism. Was it from heaven or was it of human origin? Was it from men? And uh, what's interesting is that their response to his question, instead of answering it, they start discussing among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, then all the people will stone us because they're persuaded that John was a prophet. So when they actually, when it actually comes time for them to answer, they say, "Well, we don't know where he's from, uh, where it was from." And Jesus says, "Neither then will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things." So Jesus like asks them a question instead of really answering it. They like have a group like time out, huddle, drop the play to figure out how to handle the question that he asks. Which says a lot about them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it kind of tells you what they're after and what they're really searching for. 
And, uh, and I think this is a good story for us because it leads us to reflect on how do I know if what I'm really searching for, what I'm really seeking is the truth or not. Mm-hmm. Clearly, in this story, these men were not. And there's a couple of things, at least, that, 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 that show evidence of that. First, um, one question that we should ask ourselves when, we're, when I'm examining my heart and seeing, am I really searching for truth or not, is, is um, what is the motivation for the questions that I'm asking? Mm-hmm. You know, when they come to Jesus and say, um, tell us by what authority are you doing these things, it's clear already in the story that they're not doing that out of a genuine interest to know. They, they're not really genuinely seeking truth here. They've already been looking for a way uh, to, to kill him. Um, and if you go back to uh, verse 47 of chapter 19, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. So this is not a genuine question uh, of, of interest, uh, wanting to know what it, whether or not Jesus really has the authority to do these things or not. This is an attempt to try to trap him in what uh in what he's saying so i think for us we need to think about um what are the motive what's the what's our motivation for the questions that we are asking when we come to the word of god when we come to the bible when we come to the truth um you know often it's easy for me to come to god's word not genuinely to seek what is true but maybe to um, all to to find evidence for what I already believe, um, or to uh, find justification for something that I want to do, um, or um, or just to uh, to try to uh, find justification for something that I'm already doing. Um, and so I and so I think it's important for me to examine my own heart and, and ask myself the question. What is really my motivation for coming to the word? What am I really seeking? What are, what what are my mo- what is my motivation for the questions that I'm really asking and seeking answers to? It seems to me that's easy. I think uh, I think this is probably true for myself, but I see it more easily in other people. Like most problems, you don't see them in yourself as easily as you do in others. But I'm pretty confident I do this or have done this from time to time. Uh, probably more often than I realize. But I think this is a really easy thing to self deceive on. Where you ask a question and because you're either opening up a Bible or you're going to some philosophical or religious or whatever person and you're asking the question, it seems like, oh, boom, yeah, I asked the question. So I'm I'm seeking, like I'm, I'm genuinely seeking because I'm at least talking about it or I'm asking the question or I'm researching or whatever. Uh, but like you just pointed out, and I don't even really know what the answer is to this or what the solution is, but that's pretty tough to make sure that you're asking genuine questions and you're not just asking to, like you said, self-justify or to prove somebody else wrong or I don't know what the other you know reasons might be to um, be asking the wrong questions or have the wrong motivations even if you have the right questions. Because actually this isn't, this isn't a terrible question. Right. By what authority are you doing these things or who's the one who gave you this authority? Right. That's actually kind of a perfect question. Right. Like what makes Jesus special? And Jesus kind of happily answer that question to other people. But the problem here is, like you pointed out, these guys had the wrong motivation. But I just think that's a tricky one to recognize within yourself when you're uh, when you're asking for the right reasons and when you're not. It is. And it takes a lot of self-examination. It takes a lot of reflection. Um, and I think, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, it's important for us 
to make sure that we're spending time reading God's word um, in its context um, too. Because uh, you think about it, if a lot of people read more about the Bible than they do actually the Bible itself. Um, and if you're reading more about the Bible than you're actually reading the word itself, it's, it's easier to be influenced by what other people are saying or what other maybe other desires that come up within that um, that may actually distract you or keep you from actually seeing what God actually wants you to see. Um, and you're only looking at it from your perspective. You're not actually looking at the whole thing. You're just looking at a little slice that fits in with what you wanted anyways or what you care about anyways. Right. And, and so I, I do think this is important um, that when we open up God's Word, I need to come with a humble heart and I need to come with prayer asking God to help me to see Him but also asking God to help me to see me as I really am, to reveal maybe motivations or desires within me that are not right um, or that may be self-centered or, or arrogant or prideful um, so that God can work on my heart and, and, and open my heart to be more receptive to the, to the truth that he's given. Um, the second thing that really stands out to me in this story uh, about these guys is... Um, is after they ask the question. Jesus doesn't give them a direct answer. He, he um, tells them a question. And if you notice, uh, the way they answer Jesus' question exposes that they're not really interested in truth. Um, instead of simply answering what they believe the truth about John's baptism to be, uh, they discuss it among themselves, and they're, they're searching, they're thinking about not what is true, but they're thinking about what will people think yeah. about their answer. If we say this, then he's going to ask this, and he may get us here. Um, and But if we say this, then the people are going to be upset with us here. So we'll just say we don't know. Um, and that shows a, a great intellectual dishonesty here when, um, when, when they're just refusing to answer uh, an honest question that Jesus is asking. It also shows tremendous uh, wisdom in Jesus here to ask that question because, truthfully, if they knew where John's baptism was from, then they would know where Jesus' authority is from right. as well. Um, so Jesus is not, it's not like Jesus is just refusing to answer them. He's actually testing them, but he's also giving them an opportunity to know the truth through the question. The question is actually leading them to examine what is really true but they're not really interested in that. So another thing I need to ask myself, um, when I'm if I'm trying to examine whether or not I'm really seeking truth is, is will I answer questions honestly? Um, will I take a, a passage of scripture or something that Jesus says at face value and just listen to what he says and try to wrestle with the truth of what is being said? Um, it's easy for us to just kind of skip over parts of the Bible that we have a hard time reconciling. Um, or maybe ignore parts of Scripture um, that don't really fit with what we'd like to believe about, uh, about Jesus. And sometimes uh, even, e even people ask us questions about those things, and instead of, instead of saying what is true, we think about, well, if I say this, then he might say this. And, I might. and sometimes it's more about winning an argument um, than it is about actually, actually discovering what is true. So I need to think. I need to think carefully, uh, not just about what's my motivation for asking questions, 
But how do I answer the questions that are asked of me as I'm reading the Word, whether it's by some another person or whether it's just a question that's revealed from my reading the Word? Am I honest in my reflection of that and in, in my search for truth and my willingness to answer what the Scripture is actually saying? So on both sides of this, both whenever there's an issue, what's the thing behind the questions that I'm asking? Am I seeking truth? Or am I seeking self-justification or license to do whatever I want to do or whatever? And on the flip side, whenever a question gets asked of me, what do you believe about this? What do you think about that? Am I just answering what I think is really true and right? Or am I doing a, an equation in my head of, well, if I say this, then that means that, and da-da-da-da-da. Like, like you said, trying to win an argument or trying to prove myself as being smart or whatever. Yeah. How we handle questions is really kind of a revelation of whether or not we actually want the truth. Which I guess is really what the story is all about, right? Is are you really looking for what's real or are you just looking for something to justify yourself or to get out of something you don't like or whatever? Yeah. And that's, that's important for us to think about because if, if I'm not, um, honestly seeking truth and honestly seeking God, I'm not going to find God. Um, you know, he's, he's promised that those who seek me with all their heart will find me. And so I can't come to God um, just simply seeking something from God or seeking some sort of justification from God or and expect to actually find what is true and find a relationship with God. But this is hard for us, I think, because, too, there are so many other things that kind of seep into our heart and desires that we have that can distract us from actually seeking what is really true. And to seek the truth is hard. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean... Uh, conviction of sin and seeing things about myself that are not always right or good. Um, that's what Jesus is exposing in these people yeah. right here in the story. Um, and uh, and it's going to mean me having to repent and me having to change uh, from things that I've done or ways that I'm thinking or ways that I'm living. Um, but nonetheless, it's worth it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was thinking about this too. Uh, I... I'm trying to. I've been trying to remember the past couple of minutes. There was there was an interview that I heard. I don't even think this person was at all proclaimed to be a follower of Jesus, and it was either a comedian or an actor or something like that. Some of the arts, and their thing was someone's like, "Oh, what makes you successful? How are you good at what you do?" Blah blah blah, and their thing was like, "Well, like I just do what's true to me," you know, which sometimes people can go maybe a little wacko with that kind of stuff. But the point was interesting because their point was, if you're playing to the crowd, you're never going to be good at what you do. Even from like just in their in their field in the arts, mm-hmm. you know, they just believe in what they do. They have a conviction about I think this is funny or I think this is beautiful or I think this is compelling, so I'm gonna do it. If people like it, cool. If they don't, okay. Like that's what it is. And I think this story actually shows the um, that there's an easy trap to fall into here, where they're at least one of the things that um, that the text highlights as being the reason why they were asking these dishonest questions. Uh, and then not honestly answering the question that Jesus asked them was because they were concerned about other people. They were playing to the crowd. Like, what is everybody, what is everybody going to think about me? Which I think when it comes to searching out the truth, that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I talk about it. It feels like just about every week there's something in Scripture that it's like, man, I kind of don't want to have to tell this person this. Mm-hmm. you know, Or I don't want to... like. There's things, and I think probably you and I could both make lists. Everybody who's listening can make a list of things that you're like, man, if it was really up to me, I'd prefer not to do this or teach this. And But usually, sometimes it's the things that I would just want for myself. But a lot of those things are because of how it affects 
other people's perception of me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, people are going to think I'm backward because of my view on sexuality. Or people are going to think I'm uh, regressive because of my views on whatever, fill in the blank, you know, how worship should be done or uh, the relationship between men and women and all these kinds of different things that are countercultural and have always been the case back in the days of Scripture. They were things that were weird, maybe different reasons they were weird then, but they were weird then and they're weird today. But what Jesus is exposing these guys and what exposes in us is you care too much about what people think about you yeah. and therefore you're not finding truth. Yeah. And that's that's the real danger here is if if any of these things other than pleasing God become more important to me than that, it's going to keep me from actually finding God. It's going to keep me from actually having a relationship with God. And here some of these people who were spending uh, you know spending their lives in the word of God. I mean devoting themselves to God's word. Um, Just to be clear, like that's what a, a priest was someone who taught people the rules for how they live. A scribe was literally somebody who would just write out the Bible yeah. over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So they knew it. I mean, like they knew it by heart. They had it memorized. That's so, right. Your point. That's right. And 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 these are the people who end up rejecting Jesus. I mean, right after this, Jesus is going to give a parable um, to basically just explain the consequences of of what they're doing by rejecting him. They are rejecting God. And they are, and therefore, they're going to be cut off from God. They're rejecting the chief cornerstone that God has set up to build His house upon. And so, I, I think the reason this is so important is, if we think about, um, if we think about in our own hearts what is really affecting me or what is really driving my uh, search, and am I really seeking truth? This is a this is a this is a question of like eternal importance. I mean, it it has an eternal lasting impact it has an eternal impact on our on our own lives whether or not we choose to accept truth or whether or not we choose to uh, reject it so uh, here's a question I think I and mean, you know I've heard people ask this question I think we've had this question different times and I can imagine somebody listening asking the question all right cool cool so Jesus says something I need to examine my uh, the reasons why I might question that or explore that? Are they real reasons? Like, am I really searching for truth or not? Uh, and then on the flip side, whenever I'm challenged with something, am I willing to be honest about my perspective on it or my view on it and actually address the question or, or come to what the, what's being revealed with an honest approach? Mm-hmm. Um, but why should I work on that when it comes to Jesus stuff? Because like with gravity, it makes sense why it's important to have the right questions and the right motivations because there's definite consequence. Mm-hmm. But it may be hard for somebody. What what's the, the the Christian answer for why we must seek really seek truth as opposed to anything else? You know, and whether that means oh why can't I believe in Buddhism, Islam, you know, naturalism, humanism, whatever. Um, that might be one. Like why do I need to listen to Jesus and seek truth from Him as opposed to this other stuff? On the flip side, even people who would say, yeah, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, but we look around and we see people who say they're followers of Jesus have, there's a wide spectrum of beliefs about what is true, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is it that's going to motivate me to be more diligent, to actually seek the truth and not have a more laid back approach, which I think is, there's an appeal to that. There's an appeal to just being like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of ideas out there. All of them have some merit. So why should I even work? Because what you're, what you're proposing from this text is, that seeking truth is something that's going to take some work and we're going to have to put some effort into. Mm-hmm. So what, what should be the thing that calibrates my mind or motivates my heart to actually care about seeking the truth in the right ways? Yeah. 
Well, besides the fact that, the, that it can actually lead to your own destruction, that you can be torn apart by uh, and, and broken into pieces, as he says in verse 18, um, if you don't, if you do reject God's truth and reject the one who God has put up as truth. There's also the story in verses 19 to 26 um, uh, where they're coming to try to lay hands on him, but they're afraid because of the people. You see them still paralyzed by fear. So they send somebody to try to catch... Uh, catch Jesus in something that he says. And one of the questions that, that he's asked is, um, is, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? In chapter 20 and verse 22. And Jesus realizes... There's another trap question. There's right? another trap. Okay. Yeah. Jesus realizes that they're up to something. They're trying to trick him. So he brings out the denarius and he says, whose likeness or whose image and inscription does it have? And they said Caesar's. Um, and so Jesus says to them... Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Now, this is a trap because if Jesus was to say, well, uh, yeah, pay taxes to Caesar, then he's in trouble with the people because the Jewish people were, uh, were not a fan of Caesar, were not a fan of the government, and didn't want to. He's an invader. He's yeah. an oppressor. Like, we don't like this guy. And if you're trying to be a Messiah figure, then you can't be on board with Caesar. Right. I mean, at least in Jewish culture, sure. Jewish eyes. But if he says, hey, yeah, no, you don't, don't pay taxes to Caesar— um, then uh, now he's in trouble with the Roman government. So they, they, they think they've got him. Um, but Jesus' answer, I think, is, is informative here and helpful when it comes to our motivation for seeking truth because Jesus actually says, no, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. That is, when it comes to money, um, you know, pay your taxes. Give it to the government. It's, it's the government's money that's given it to you. You pay it back to the government. But um, give to God the things that are God's. And actually... Um, I think maybe the, the, the real question Jesus is trying to get them to think about here is whose image and whose inscription is on you? Mm-hmm. That is actually much more important and much bigger and much greater than, uh, than simply paying your taxes. Jesus is trying to help them to realize that they were made in God's image, that God's image is, is, upon, is upon us, every, every person who has, been, who has been brought into this world and has been given life in this world, has the image of God in them. And if that's true, then we are gods. God put us here so that we might seek him, so that we might seek the truth about him. Um, Paul says that in Acts 17, that that's actually the reason why God put us on this earth, was so that we might seek God and find him. And if that's, if that's the case, then, uh, then there's nothing more important in this world than actually figuring out what is really true and what is really right um, and and being able to fulfill the purpose for which God made us in his image. Um, and so I think that's helpful in thinking about motiv- in thinking about our motivation for for uh, for seeking truth, what's going to move us to seek truth. When I come to really appreciate uh, that God has placed his image on me and that he's blessed me richly by giving me life. He's put his image and his inscription on me and he's, he's put me here for this purpose. Um, it also helps me to realize that that's actually the only way I'm ever going to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. If God made me this way and he made me with this desire for truth, then the only way I'm ever going to be satisfied is if I come to find that truth that God put me here for. So that kind of this this idea of uh, truth from God through Jesus, 
is the way to live. And you've got to pursue that truth. You've got to be honestly pursuing that truth, deeply, sincerely pursuing that truth. Because this is the God who made you, and so his truth is really the blueprint for your life. So if you reject that blueprint, like you said a second ago, it'll result in your destruction. Because you're, it's like, uh, you know, one writer said, it's like putting water in a gas engine. Yep. It'll just mess it up eventually. Yep. So if we reject God's truth, if we reject it long enough, it actually degrades and destroys our life. And there's a lot of rehabilitation that's required to get back to that. That's right. And that, that answers the question of why Jesus is, we got to seek truth from Jesus, not just from any source that might claim to have truth, but we need to seek it from Jesus. And even when you're seeking it from Jesus, you better get it right. You can't just be like, oh, I follow Jesus. And bunches of people follow Jesus, but we all have different takes on everything. We actually need to be pursuing like a unity, not just so we can all be buddies with each other, but we're trying to unite ourselves to the blueprint that God set up for our actual lives so our lives don't get all messed up. That's right. In fact, um, it's important to remember that that uh, our teacher, Jesus, who's teaching us this truth, is no ordinary teacher. Like, I mean, we see that here in the way that he interacts with people. I mean, he always says the right thing. He never... He never fails to act. He's always acting in the right ways. He's doing what is right. But it's, but it's important for us to remember, too, that if I am really seeking truth, that truth is going to completely transform my life and make me more and more like him. Remember back in chapter 6 and verse 40, um, Jesus said, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he's fully trained, will become like his teacher. And it's really important for us to remember, we all follow somebody. We've all got some sort of truth that we're following after. Um, but if it's the wrong wrong truth, it could lead us to a terrible place. And and I need to ask myself, you know, what, what truth am I really following? Is this God's truth revealed through His, uh, His, His only Son, Jesus Christ? Um, or, or am I maybe distracted or... Um, confused by some other thing that may appear to be truth. And the reason that's important is because it's going to affect who I become as a person. It's going to affect the kind of person that I become. And if I'm going to be everything that God has created me to be, if I'm going to become like Jesus, always loving, always gracious, always true and righteous in everything that I do, I have to be looking at him in order to come to become more and more like him. Yeah. When you kept using that word always, that made me think about the uh, the stability that comes from real truth. And we know that. Like so many things in the sciences are rooted in, hey, this is a truth. This is a, this is unquestioned. If you're on planet Earth and you drop something from any height, it's going to fall. It's going to hit the ground. That's always true. That's just going to happen. And it may take longer for some things. It may take a shorter time for other things. But it's going to hit the ground at some point. Um, and whenever we can find a truth like that, it means a lot to us. We get to orient, in some ways, all of our uh, decisions around even one truth, like gravity, for instance. But that's even more so true with Jesus. And I think this is where I get what people mean when they say, hey, I need to speak my truth. And sometimes that that kind of sentiment makes a lot of sense. Um, But probably more often than not, it's actually kind of a dangerous way to live your life because your truth is going to change. Because... My truth when I was 14 versus my truth when I was 25 versus my truth now at 31. And I bet my truth when I'm 47 and 65 and whatever, it changes. Because right. there's, there's, there's a lot of instabilities that I have and insecurities and things that happen. So I can't follow my truth. Same thing with everybody else. Yep. When I lived in another part of the country, 
truths that people held to be self-evident were different than truths that people hold to be self-evident in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And if I were moved to South America or to China or somewhere, there's going to be these different truths. So there's an instability if you're relying on anything other than Jesus. And one thing I was thinking about, we didn't cover all these stories, but one thing that's cool to me about this chapter in Luke 20 is Jesus quotes from multiple Psalms from you know, hundreds of years that were written beforehand. Uh, he brings up the creation, as you pointed out, this idea of being made in the image of God. So that's mm-hmm. page one of the Bible, Genesis 1, the very beginning of the world. He talks about Moses. He talks about Abraham. He talks about uh, King David. Like He actually goes through all of history. And I think part of the subtext of that is, I've been there the whole time. Yep. And God's plan has been the same the whole time. Yep. And what we've been doing has been the same the whole time. So you can choose to follow the crowd. You can choose to follow your own desires. Or you can listen to me. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is something you can actually build your life on. Or you can follow this other stuff and it'll end up destroying you. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you think about even even like from generation to generation, we look back at our parents, our grandparents' generation, and there's there's some things about the culture that we respect, but there are other things that we're like, man, they totally missed it on this. And right. and, and we know that our kids and our grandkids are gonna do the same thing sure. with us. Unless we're rooted in a truth that transcends culture right. and transcends time and place. And I think that's exactly right. What Jesus is trying to drive home here is that, that this is a truth that can transcend all time, place, culture, uh, that you can hold on to. It has a real foundation. You think about so much of the the uh, things that our society is built upon are so, I mean, just so... Uh, you know, they, they, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. It's like vapors, you know, they, what's, um, we, from, from modernism to postmodernism to post-postmodern, you know, right, right, right. One, there's always a new philosophy, a new idea, but they don't last. Um, but one thing that has lasted from the beginning of time has been the Word of God. And, uh, and so we need to put our trust in it. We yeah, and I think what you're bringing out there is like all that cultural shift, like all of those, every one of us has something deep inside of us that says there's got to be something that I can anchor my life to. There's got to be something true. Yep. And that's where all these philosophical movements throughout history have come from. And that's why Amazon is never going to go out of business because there's always going to be books that people are writing trying to give people answers. Yep. Meanwhile, Jesus is over here saying, oh, I got it. If you just come over here and take it. I am good. the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to come to God, we got to go through him. That's it. All right. You got anything else? Good. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we hope this helps you. Uh, we know that these kinds of conversations are just a starting point for you uh, or maybe a continuation of something you've already started on. We're not covering everything that could be covered in these texts or on these ideas, but hopefully this might uh, light a spark uh, inside of you that will help you pursue the Lord more, seek the truth more, and follow in the way of Jesus. If there's anything we can do for you, again, reach out to us on our website, thewaybk.com, or on our Facebook page, The Way BK. We'd love to help you out. Uh, and love to have you help us out. Let us know maybe we missed something or if we said something in a strange way or confusing way. We'd love to correct that and make that clearer. Um, yeah, so reach out to us. Let us connect with you so we can all walk in the way of Jesus together uh, moving forward. Thanks, everybody. We'll check you next time. The aim of The Way BK is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across Brooklyn and beyond. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.thewaybk.com.